the funny thing is that Coley is normally played. And actually, no, there, there's actually a set of rules. What do you mean normally there... played? <laughs> it's a no, no, no. game. Okay, for a toy. okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. So there is there is an online game called Matanui Online Game Two, in which basically you play you play as Holly. Matanui Online Game One fucking canceled. No, 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 no. That's like the first. That's like that's that's also backstory. Hello, and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined today by two guests, uh, Noir and Blue, both of who are returning guests but never have been on together. So, guys, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. This is, uh, is going to be fun. <laughs> Thanks for endearing what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, speaking of what we're going to talk about, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone at the top of the show, and I expect you to answer, honestly. Uh, why did we watch Bionicle, The Mask of Light? I think the real question to ask is, why haven't we watched it sooner? Because, uh, <laughs> like, you know, Bionicle was, like, one of me and then also Blue's just, like, childhood obsessions, hyperfixations, um... I don't. Do we need to get into what Bionicle is, or is that going absolutely? To be- I feel like no, we I'm glad you said Bionicle <laughs> yeah. was a toy line introduced by Lego in the late 1990s or early 2000s. Uh, early 2000s, built, uh, based on the Technic system, not actually the the brick and stud system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a toy, and they world built way too much for it, <laughs> and they made a movie for it in 2003. And the meta narrative that- around it is so interesting too, because Lego like through the 90s had basically had this cycle of introduce a new theme space castles or whatever and then within a year or two it wouldn't sell enough so they would have to retire it and so then eventually they thought why don't we do something you know darker more involved uh and then as blue said they just went hog wild and created this whole (laughs) ass story and uh at that time Lego, because it kept, you know, making themes and failing, was on the verge of going bankrupt. And Bionicle was the one that sort of single-handedly, like, saved Lego as a company. And that's what led it to be, you know, help help it become the titan that it is today. There's some ambiguity of, like, was it Lego Star Wars? Was it Bionicle? It's probably a healthy mix of both. But, like, Bionicle counted for a lot. As far as, like, original Lego IP, Mm -hmm. yeah, like easily the 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 strongest one they've they've had like and even 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 afterwards and following like i think the only thing that kind of is rivaling it now is ninjago just because it's been out for like a decade and it's still going strong Mm -hmm. but bionicle's still the top for me monkey kid doesn't count that's just like worst journey to the west i mean people like it's pretty good but like it's it's journey to the west very shady coming out of the osp corner on this journey to the west adaptation I mean, any any adaptation of Journey to the West is worse than Journey to the West. Sure, okay. That's not that's not a dig. That's just like you hear that, Monkey King. Your idols hate you. <laughs> so I guess this is as good a time as any to get into it before we get too into the movie because there's somehow both remarkably so much and so little movie to be talked about. Uh, I just kind of want to lightly touch on everyone's personal experience with the Bionicle IP um, to cover off on my own. Uh, I know myself and my younger brothers definitely had a Bionicle or two hanging around in the Lego bin. And there was one, uh, I don't really know the lore, except for one 
book that lived in our bathroom for about seven years when I was growing up. And it was one of the like junior novels. And uh, before the podcast, we tried to figure out which one it was. All I really remember is that it was green and it took place in a jungle. Uh, Blue sent a possible novel into our group chat. <laughs> Trial by Fire, Bionicle Adventures. It looks like number two, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, I don't remember the plot. Point of order, that's not a jungle. That's actually like a, 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 metropol- a, metro- a metropolitan shoot system. No, you're on such thin ice right now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I don't really have a lot of exposure to the deeper lore and background of the series is what I'm trying to get at. So uh, I want to know, do you guys have a background? Like, are you guys now today as adults still able to call up the lore surrounding particularly this movie? Because I missed so much of it, and I feel like we'd be doing the audience a disservice if we did not have some experts on the podcast. So, I mean, like, if I were to summarize my experience with Bionicle in a single word, it would be bullying. Uh, Basically, what had happened was I got into it, and no one else did at my school, so I was on the receiving end of a lot of it. But I was very deep into it because it was cool as hell. Every year I'd buy all these new toys and I'd have all the stuff to play with and it was like, oh man, this is so cool. All these characters are great. Do I know anything about them? Like, only kind of, but like, man, the theming is is sure something. And I was all about the games. I was all about the the, the movies, including the other ones that, that mm-hmm. may or may not be movie structs <laughs> in the future. Probably not, depending Spoiler. on how this episode goes. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I was super into it. And then a, a couple gens down the line, I just kind of fell off the cliff because eventually I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I, mm. I can't subject myself to this at school. So I just stopped. It's funny because I had the exact opposite experience the reason how i got into bionicle was because one of my classmates in like second or third grade donated his old bionicle bin to just the school and so just during breaks and recesses everyone and like at least at least the boys uh were (laughs) just digging around and and just playing from bionicle and i you know I, i liked lego even then at the time and i found the system interesting and so then i looked into it and then you know as blue said it just kind of opened this one of the reasons why the lore is really confusing is because there's no centralized place to get them all from. It's no. the, the lore is scattered across a comic book series, novelizations, the movies, video games. It's it's everywhere. And it's so fascinating because an average consumer really only cares about the toys. And so yeah. they would just <laughs> buy the toys without even knowing any of this prior knowledge. This, Bionicle as like an IP, uh, and this movie in particular, reminded me of two specific pieces of media. Number one is, as an IP, it is so deeply close to how the Sonic IP is distributed and consumed, (laughs) because most people don't care about anything but the games. But man, there is so much other stuff out there if you bother to find it. Uh, And the movie reminded me a lot of Jupiter Ascending, because it used words that were made up that I didn't understand all the goddamn time. (laughs) It's very much... So, like, it, the the Mask of Light, which is the the first movie that they mm-hmm. chose, is actually, like, the fourth arc uh, overall, <laughs> like, in the story so far. So the reason why is because they assume that the only people who are watching it are people who already have the knowledge and the interest of learning the lore beforehand. And so, don't worry, <laughs> Sophia, we'll fill you in. <laughs> Great. We got you. Well, with that, why we don't we dive time. on in? Because we got to open on some jungle sounds as we go to a very early CGI shadowy pit. Yeah. A lot of the locations in this movie will be pits or platforms of some kind, shadowy or otherwise. 
uh, narration kicks in. It sounds like a wizened old man who tells us to listen to the legend of Bionicle. And I thought, oh, great, we're going to get all the backstory that we'll need to understand the plot of this movie and where it's going. Uh, he explains Never. that in the d- distant past, a rock crashed into the middle of the pit and brought the Maturin, Mat- Maturin. Maturin to the planet. Yeah. These are, in my understanding, the littler Bionicles, because there's the tall yes. ones who have, like, magic powers, and then there's, like, the little guys who are the yeah, main Yeah, it's the characters. Bionicle proletariats. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they were illuminated with three virtues. Unity, because this is a Lego property, and the bricks combine. Um, duty, okay, they're very dutiful. And destiny, take, take, which is notably not a virtue that not you can a have. Virtue. That's the thing that happens to you. Take, also, take a shot every time they say duty in this movie. Take a sh- yeah. Every goddamn time! Specifically, they work it in every other sentence! Specifically, yeah. take a shot, uh, like, finish your picture, the, the two times that the main antagonist of this movie specifically says, I will, I will subvert their unity, yeah. I will mm-hmm. corrupt their duty, and I will shatter like he said he lays it out twice slightly differently each time (laughs) as if the audience forgot in the 30 seconds since the movie started because this movie is an hour and 10 minutes long this is a tight made for dvd movie there is a hundred percent no way to forget what has happened to you 10 minutes prior unless you were me taking notes on it and you were pausing every 30 seconds to try and spell someone's name out we said the lore was extensive, but I said, I think evidenced by how they distribute it across a, ver- a variety of different mediums, we never said its execution was good. No. I, the fascinating thing is that you will have a, you'll hear a very vocal community of Bionicle fans who don't like the movies because they are not sufficiently lore accurate. That is true. To yeah. the other lore in other media mm-hmm. and and forms of distribution the, 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 the novelizations uh that the, the novelization that covered mask light and then also the other uh movies um condense some areas especially in the second movie that's like a whole a whole like adventure happens that is summarized in like 30 seconds we'll talk about that one another time it's fine but yeah <laughs> no, i agree different movie the first movie um yeah he goes on to explain that they all embrace the gifts of the their new home and they named their new island uh, Nui after the great spirit himself, their god figure. Essentially a giant bionicle who crash-landed onto this planet and several generations down the line is a set that I think you can buy. <laughs> yes. So that tracks. Blue just spoiled the entire storyline of Bionicle. <laughs> um, so a bit into the etymology... <laughs> I love that it's a plot twist that a thing is actually a bionicle and that's the whole twist is that no, no, no. a thing is bionicles in bionicle so and that thing, is like thing, right? fucking Scorsese Hitchcock like cloud under the table with a nuke in the twist. So, here's the thing. For for years they do not mention what the world what the word bionicle is referring to. Like the entire time for like nearly ten years or whatever, people assume that it's just oh like a combination of bio bi- biological and mechanical because like oh these are like robot but they're also organic ish. I actually but, had a question about that. What are they exactly? Because as far as I can tell, they're sentient masks. You know, so they are they are biological they are biomechanical beings. Um, so it's like mechanicals with like organic sort of interlaced in them. They they can survive without their masks. Um, it's just that it's the masks that give them 
certain mask powers. None of like I, actually, it does. It doesn't even come up in this first movie. It's it's no. it's a thing that happens later. But they have mask powers, unique so abilities bold that are to title your movie. <laughs> The mask of light, and then not have well, the mask <laughs> powers. That one be is different. Critical to the plot. But no, I mean masks. Masks are sort of centrally. It's kind of un- underneath the mask. It's just sort of like a, a base generic thing. It, it it does a lot to sort of help define their identities and at least distinguish them from one another. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, viewers, none of this information is in the movie, uh, nope. so thank you. But it is required reading. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, bi- Bionicle, the name. People thought that it stood for biological, mechanical, a combination of the two. It turns out that it is actually a, a portmanteau. Is that what the, is that the name? Yeah. Of mm-hmm. biological chronicle. The reason why it's a biological chronicle is because at the very end. They talk about Matanui as, quote-unquote, a great spirit, which up until, like, the very end, you sort of believe it's, like, a deific, like, mm-hmm. thing that, you know, is, is told in mythology. No. Matanui is a physical being the size of a universe, and all of the places that we have visited in the, in the course of Bionicle are sections within Matanui. It's a giant mech, basically. So it's so large that like entire cities and civilizations are housed inside um, uh, inside it, like its head, its heart, its legs. The idea is that the Matoran, the proletariat, are cells. They're, they are the cells of Matanui. Oh, it's Osmosis they... Jones. I was going to say, Osmosis Jones wishes it has a Bionicle hat. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, it's not Greg Farshti, but the person who came up with the idea of Bionicle, I think um, he was he was dealing with some sort of sickness some years prior, and when he was, and, and he, that required him taking pills. Um, and sort of the, the, it sort of led him to sort of ask this question of what would it be like to sort of watch my body from the perspective of like the things inside these pills so that's why all bionicles are market and product and stored in canisters in the canisters oh my god <laughs> um each city in the in matanui which is like the giant mech serves a different focus uh the the subsequent movies deal with uh, another city which is more uh you know like this this setting here, Matanui, is like a village sort of island home. Uh, Metronui, which is the other city that different that the other movies focus on, is the second sort of generation of Bionicles, is more metropolitan and city like. It's housed in Matanui's brain. It is the brain, literally, of mm. of that, and that's why it's so advanced and and a lot of it is academically focused. So that is why it's called Bionicle. But you, you know, don't you know this until like. This yes. came out in 2001. People don't know this until like 2010, 2011. It, it, it's, it's like the whole like Yeah, big so notably twist. none of that is going to come up in this movie, nope. which we are no, about of course five not. minutes but into. You can really see the inspiration that it's taking from Plato's allegory of philosophical <laughs> tripartite soul construction. <laughs> I will also say that in our D&D campaign, which the three of us are part of that IDM, I ripped that entire plot point and uh, I had revealed like two years into our campaign uh, that there are giant beasts that house civilizations that are buried underneath the earth from a war that happened long ago. That was ripped entirely from Bionicle. And yeah, I, and no I think we almost saying, killed so. you in real life when we found out what you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of killing in real I life, the uh, Maturin's happiness didn't last very long as the narration continues because a speakle, spooky, evil-looking ship crash lands onto their island home, and we learn that this is Mountain Nui's brother, 
the Makuta, who betrayed him yes. out of jealousy, casting a spell over Mount Nui that put him to sleep. And then Makuta unleashed shadows, and we go to the title. It's extremely dramatic, giving big Prince of Persia vibes or something similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Inside of a crater with a castle in it, a little guy is looking for Takua. Who it's is volcano, they- Sophia. <laughs> They're in an active volcano. But they show you the crater and the castle before you ever see any lava, is what I'm saying. It takes a while to get to the volcano part. It is pretty ridiculous that there's just this, like, whole-ass castle in the middle of a volcano. Like, why? Who thought that 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 not only it's worth building a structure inside of a volcano, but that it's worth building a fortified structure inside of a volcano. uh, Each of the settlements in this movie are based off of a different element that there is like a guardian Mm -hmm. for, and this is the fire one. So I guess if anyone's going to live in a volcano, it might as well be these guys. Um, The little guy who we'll later learn is named Jala? Yes? Yes. There's Okay. Because it so, sounds like they said Tala a bunch in the beginning, and then they changed it to a J at the end. Do you want to know how sure. deep the meta narrative of Bionicle goes? There are two different spellings of Jala, and there's a whole ass reason as to why. <laughs> We're not gonna get into it. <laughs> so J A L L E R, Jala. Yeah. So Jala goes down uh, to a lava pit, looking for his buddy, who is currently hopping across some rocks across the lava to. Uh, you know, look at an idol on the other side because he is a chronicler and he likes to collect stories and whatnot. Which he says with his very first line of dialogue, man, this is why I am the chronicler. I am the chronicler. (laughs) Everyone everyone in this movie spells out exactly who they are with Mm -hmm. every single line of dialogue. Like people keep calling each other specifically by names like all the time. Because all of them are masks that have the same expression all the time. So they have to say very explicitly what they're thinking and feeling at all They're also limited by 2003 era technology CGI. Yes. (laughs) So, Um, um, but yeah. I remember watching um, the, uh, the the bonus features on the DVD for this, and the mm. animators are like, we com- we constructed this movie with something called CGI, which stands for Computer Generated Images. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, where can I download CGI? I want to make movies. And it was like, that's more complicated <laughs> than that, Blue. Yeah. <laughs> CGI is a process. It's not just a program you can download on Miniclip or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, Jala catches up with Taku- Takula- Takua. <laughs> Takua I- immaculate and- <laughs> voice acting, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Takua. 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 It's like you, you know how you can tell when people are never in the same booth together. Like this is yeah. one of the movies where you can really tell, like they were not in the same booth. They probably didn't even have the same like scripts director to like coach them through like how to deliver the lines. So like there's some parts yeah. of the movie where like someone is like shouting and the other one's just talking very quietly like and very chill. Yeah. I looked into the voice actor. I think I think it was a Canadian based animation studio mm-hmm. that did this because a lot of the voice actors are Canadian. Uh, the guy who voices Jala is the guy who voices Iceman in X Men Evolution. <gasps> oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I hate that. I don't want to know anything good about this. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, but Jala catches up to Takua, who is hopping across some lava, and he's like, Buddy, we, you were going to be late for the Kohli match, whatever that mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. We don't know. <laughs> Audience, this was not explained in the five minutes of opening narration. You know how, you know how like, I, I think it's like a, a, a screenwriting technique to be like, you know, write, start the story in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. But this is like a really poor way of doing it. 
that technique works great when it's like taking place on the mean streets of New York or something. But this is an entirely fictional world in which I have yeah. absolutely no reference point or context for what is happening to the characters, why yes. they are the way they are. I know this is a movie for children, but I had to watch it this morning when the first thing when I woke up, so I'm going to be a little hard on it. Um, I don't I mean, know what any should. of these this words mean. This movie's dog shit. <laughs> the first thing that she texts us like later in the day is, what did you guys just make me watch? Which is a pretty accurate you know, encapsulation yeah. of things. Um, Takuwa says that he just has to look at this warning totem uh, that he's going towards, which Tala thinks, or Jala thinks is a dumb, why would anyone look at a warning totem after all? What would Taragavakama say? Um... I don't, think, I don't think we ever learn who or what that is or why it matters. <laughs> okay. He's one of the characters that we meet like the next scene. He's the old, he's the guy who does the narration. He's he the, the old, old guy man? with the fire okay. stick. He's the, he's the old, old orange he's guy. He's the old red guy with the fire stick. Taragas yeah. is the is the sort of the term for elder for the for the village that they're in. So Kama is his name. One of the things that that makes understanding Bionicle a lot easier is that this is this is all toys. So like every kind of like mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. has a name for that kind of character. So like the small right. guys are the Matoran, the mm -hmm. old guys are the the Turaga, the the the, 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 the warrior the heroes, people. the main Toa. people are the, the Toa. Toa. Yeah. So like yeah. every everyone has like their own name and a title, and yep. those names are also like for the people apply to the regions. So yes. like so there are six. the first like yeah. syllable in any Toa's name is also the same syllable as like the place they're from. Like if you sort of think of it as a language, it's like Ta, I suppose, would be like their uh, prefix for fire. So yeah. that's why his name is Tahu and it's uh, Takoro. Takoro, it, yeah. It is like the village of fire, the city of fire, you know, yeah. so. Gotcha. And then, yeah, it's the same for all the other two. There are six regions, there are six cities. I think we only see four. Um, yeah. I think we might have seen Gakoro, but I forget. I um, so. But the element, and they're all sort of based on an element: uh, mm -hmm. fire, water, ice, air, and then earth and stone. Earth which and I've always stone. been confused I was gonna ask about, about that because later different. we meet a guy who definitely also has earth powers, talking to the previously established earth dude, and I was like, that can't be right. That can't the previous <laughs> they try to distinguish it because yeah. they're like, oh, how's the like carving going it's they like good have made how's one your mining operation metal yeah. or something yeah they're it, made it, I, of yeah. metal they're actually made of this organic uh, <laughs> it's called protodermis <laughs> i'm so <sighs> let's move on <laughs> so takuma keeps hopping across the lava sorry, anyway no, no, no. to pick up the uh idol the totem um, which immediately starts a cave-in because we're working on Indiana Jones rules here and Takua looks, is trapped on the opposite side of the lava as the uh, uh, lava stream from inside the volcano continues to roll in but not all is lost as uh, a second before um, he can get lavaed the uh, totem falls into said lava and turns into a golden great canoe mask is that the right word? Kanohi Kanohi mask, um, uh, yeah. which floats up to let him grab it fresh out of the lava. So it's, you know, he blows on it before he picks it up. So we know that it's not going to burn. <laughs> he, he treats it like like it's fresh out of the oven, like hot, hot, hot. Yeah, it's just a little tap, tap. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to this was in lava, that's at least like, like what is it, like 3,000 degrees that, that's Fahrenheit? That's an easy third degree burn yeah. from yeah. some contact. Um, but before he can examine it too much, 
Lava continues to rush into the cavern, so Takua frisbees the mask across Tajala, uh, and mm-hmm. then like surf glides across the lava, but before he can make it fully across, he's about to get swallowed by the wave and is scooped up at the last second by Toa Tahu, the bigger, buffer, taller Bionicle that we all had the action figure of as a kid, because if you're going to uh-huh. get the Bionicle as a kid, you want the, the big guy. Um, you got it for the later, yeah. Yep. Uh, they surf over the lava, they do some sick spins, and eventually uh, they climb back up the cavern wall, and all's well that ends well. It, it's very, like, cheesy, this is all the budget we had kind of action, because yeah. they really, like, stretch out the drama of this scene, yeah. like, mm-hmm. way more than they need to. They do that for all the other fight scenes, too, yeah. so, there, you know, where their priorities of, like, lie. pretty heavy action in this movie, but it's very weird and inconsistent like Everyone what is dangerous has, and like, what is not one big move and they yeah. do their one big move <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the fight is over unless Especially there is another the... person present to also do a big move yeah it's it it's like baby's first D session like everyone does a move and then the enemies do a move and then the fight's <laughs> over you guys kill them yeah uh toa tahu hands uh jala and takua the great kanui mask and says uh this could be important gee i wonder if it will be <laughs> tahu is dumb as shit this whole movie <laughs> he's tahu, such a bro he's such like, a blunt instrument of a toa they were they, blue was saying how you know people don't necessarily like uh the the, the movies because they're not exactly movie accurate they got tahu down to a t you get everything that you need to at like within these like he's arrogant he's brash he's he's bold and he's loud you that's that all you need to know and that's all you get fire themed guy could yeah. be defined as a hothead of sorts yeah it's almost like you know perhaps a bit brash <laughs> it's so weird how the lore is deep in some places and like <laughs> so shallow in others uh, he yeah. tells wait until them we that... get to Liwa we've got stuff to talk about there yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, he tells them to take it to the Tara Gava Kama old guy, and uh, but only after they've won the calling match. You know that thing that they're late to. So you the know, calling match, yeah. Deep yeah. plot takes a backseat to sporting event. Um, back yeah. up at the surface, the narration picks up again, saying that they're thankful for the six guardians who represent the elements, the mighty Toa, as mentioned, both the character class and also toy line. Um, the narration is revealed to be from a stadium announcer who is the elder uh, that we've been talking around in an attempt to not have to say his full name. Um, Taraga Vakama. <laughs> that one. At the new Coley Field, which is, I guess, where the game our guys are playing at is being hosted. Um... I don't know what Coley is at this point, and I assume that the movie will tell me, and I learn later that that assumption is wrong. It's but, the, what do you mean? It's lacrosse. It's, all, it's, it's the three-way it. lacrosse, not, yeah. yeah. But it's not, because they're, like, rebounding the ball off of the walls and stuff at one point, and the lacrosse stick has, like, a hammer on the other side that they also hit the ball with. So yeah. what is the sport? What? It's hammer lacrosse. Indoor it's hammer three-way lacrosse. hammer lacrosse. Like, the, the, basically, yes. Like, the... That's as deep as it goes. It's just, you know, get thing in goal and you get the point. I have to assume this is a set you could have purchased at some point because this felt to me, it's the same thing as when, like, there's a different bat suit in a movie. It's like, this screams, like, we put this piece in here to sell more toys. So in a given wave of Bionicle, the the six main, uh, the main, you know, selling points uh, in that wave are the Toa. The six Toa, they might, there might be some additional ones like, um, uh, like a toe with a vehicle, um, you know. At that time, uh, 
the Matoran Takua with his crab puku, uh, which uh, was also with Takua in the lava or whatever, mm-hmm. um, was was like a set at the time, you know? And then mm-hmm. Jalo with like some bird that we're going to see later was like another set. So like a, a bigger set um, that you can assemble, but the six main ones were Toa and then kind of shunted off to the side where everyone else. So yeah. the the Turago were one. And then the Matoran could be sold in like these poly bags. Tiny little guys. <laughs> these tiny little things that no one cared about. And they had, you know, you know, a, a Lego simplified version of a Coley stick and a, it wasn't a ball, it was a disc. And that was the only extent of it. Yeah. it that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you could get two Matoran and then try and like yeah. play them with each other, but who's, who's gonna do that, you know? <laughs> This sport does fall into the category of sports I would play in real life if it existed, because, like, legit, this actually looks kind of fun. Well, if we ever come across a a... giant pit with three holes in the bottom built into the side of the wall and a bunch of modified lacrosse sticks, I'll let you know, Blue. You're going to need, we need three more friends willing to learn how to play this sport from Bionicle in order to make this work. The funny thing is that Coley is normally played. And actually, no, there, there's actually a set of rules. What do you mean normally there... played? <laughs> it's a no, no, no. game. Okay, for a okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. So there is there is an online game called Matanui Online Game Two, in which basically you play you play as Holly. Matanui Online Game One fucking canceled. No, 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 no. That's like the first. That's like that's that's also backstory. That's also backstory. Tell me about this game because we. Could not get into the online series. <laughs> so Masanui Online Game Two, you follow Holly, who is like who's who's the Gamatorian that's like flirting with Jala, and that, yes. that, that you play as her. Um, and Smaller version of Token Girl Number Two. Exactly. Uh, the whole conceit of the game is getting to the Coley match. That is what we're talking about right now. So basically, it's you. You basically go to the different villages to get these stats, basically, and get bu- stat buffs so that you're stronger. Uh, more accurate, you know, in playing Coley, and you and it is, and and then like the boss battles, quote unquote, is you playing Coley, and it's usually the games have it as two on two. The mm-hmm. actual rules are, I think, and this is something that hold on, this is something that they have as documents in game, <laughs> but not in English. It's in their own like Matoran language. Oh, no. So if people, so you had to be dedicated enough <laughs> to find the translator. Like oh, A is on, this man. symbol, B is this symbol. And and translate it in time, and I did it. I, I, I also love the implication that Holly takes performance-enhancing drugs before this match. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, no. It, it's actually she. She. It's actually that she, you, you play mini games and you get like one point up in endurance or whatever. Like you can also out. cheat. You can also cheat and just like command the max, and that's just what I did because. I was lazy, and you you be, and then you become an adrenaline junkie. That's why they won. Yeah. Uh, um, it, I'm just yeah. gonna say it's really weird that these characters are like flirting with each other when they're like kind of like weirdly child coded. Like, that's, not a fan of the way they executed that. In that's the one of the yeah. that's one of the things that Bionicle fans uh, don't like because there are different teams of writers that are contributing to this story. It's not just you know Greg Farshti who mm-hmm. I think spearheaded the novels especially. But I think originally the idea were that Matorian were supposed to be aromantic, asexual. It's not that like they had intimate relationships, but it never it never extended to like romance or any sexual relationship. Because how does that work? Um, but then immediately, like not just in Mask of Light, but in some other uh, like web two D animations, they sort of hint at and imply you know infatuations between two uh, different Matoran. Um, you know, in this movie, Jowler and Holly are just like 
very openly flirting with each other, and it's it's weird. Yeah, I agree. And I yeah. yeah. Uh, like before of, we can even the end, yeah. get to the game, we have to do a little bit more announcing at this match because we're going to meet three of the Toa really quickly. There's Tahu, the Toa of Fire, uh, Gali, the Toa of Wooder. Um, this is our token girl from which all other female Bionicles, as far as I can tell, are slightly that's another. <laughs> that's another weird thing because uh, in this world, all Ga, Koro, Matoran are women. Like, the, that. that is it. Like, they, again, surface... Ocean deep in some, surface deep in others. Like, everyone is a boy, except for the stereotypical blue one, who is a girl, and that continues for the entire wave. Yeah. 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 Actually, no, not until the very end. Uh, yeah. But, like, the entire time that we're, uh, you know, in this universe, it's it's mm -hmm. uh, blue ones be girls. Blue one is girl, and there's also Kohatu, who is the stone Koa. Not Pohatu. to be confused with the Earth one, which yeah, we will meet later. The Pohatu yes. is different. Uh, it's and like, hey, course... friends, why are you mad? And it's like, well, she's water-themed and I'm fire-themed. And yep. if she crosses me, she's going to be hot air, as they yeah. say, which is such <laughs> absolutely, like, styrofoam-weak writing. It's come <laughs> well, on, most on topics, by uh, the numbers. Because this whole Watsonian, conversation exists it, yeah. to have the elder Bionicle lament that they're squabbling and they've forgotten yeah. that they need each other. Because he doesn't want to say that they're not unified, because that would be going against one of the three core principles that guides their entire society. So we have to talk around the world word unity. Um, yeah. But the stone guy just seems happy to be included, which I was vibing with him. Like, good for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You the sad thing about Pohatu, the sad <laughs> thing about Pohatu, and then all of the other stone ones, is that I think, like sales wise, he was the least popular because who would want to buy the shit colored one? <laughs> yeah, um, I could see that. That's that's why in later lines they changed the coloring to be more of like a, a yellow black mix, which mm. was a bit of an improvement, but yeah. not all that better. It confused some parents into buying them instead of like a bumblebee transformer for their kids. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean. Characterization-wise, Tahu also just picks fights with people because, again, he's arrogant and he's brash. So, yeah. Yeah, it's lazy writing, but it's also accurate writing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the announcer at the stadium continues. The the elder dedicates the field to all the stuff that we heard about in the opening narration, and then the tournament begins. And an actual announcer takes over with like a little shell horn <laughs> to welcome all the teams yeah. to the arena. Yeah. From the Most desert qualified. village, they've got a. Uh, Two guys. I'm not gonna try and name them all. There's only one Two other boys. character that matters. Kuki and Hapu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's uh, they're apparently the undisputed champions, and they will lose this match. Um, <laughs> get from their the shit rocked. <laughs> get their shit Hookie absolutely is, bodied. Hooky is the one who actually invents uh, Coley, so it's so an it's unfair new. advantage. So no, it's not it's... like a historical thing. <laughs> no, it seems it's not. so important is... to every character in this movie so far. <laughs> I don't know how long the actual Bionicle timeline starts from like the first wave of when the Toa first arrive on the beach. It's not that long. I would I would hesitate to say more than five years. So, so yeah. So from the shining seas of Ga'akoro, we've got Holly and Baku. Holly is the only one who matters because she will have a uh, minor role in the last act of this movie and flirts with Jala. And of course, mm -hmm. our two dudes from Taco or wherever we are now, it's uh, Jala Fuck. and Takua. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really excited for your gift to flub names in the most entertaining ways. Yep. So Jala tells Takua to try his new move out. So immediately he does. Uh, 
And this is where I was trying to simultaneously parse what the drama of the scene was supposed to be and also what the sport was, because it seemed to be, again, like polo lacrosse soccer fusion. Yeah. Um, I cannot even fathom lo- the logistics of trying to pull one of these games together. But uh, Jala, while he's doing his flirting, watches as Takua tries a big flip smash move uh, that sends the ball flying, but unfortunately not into one of the goals and instead towards the elders who all had the duck out of the way. So that's no good. The Water Tribe scores and Taraga Vakama. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, when it like bounces back, it like bonks him on the head. I'm like, haha, yeah. funny moment. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Water Tribe scores, and with that, they win the game because I guess they've reached the maximum score so needed the, to win. The best thing about that is that it seems like you only need three goals to win, three. but there's a very clear transition from like day to night, which means that apparently either they were in just a stalemate for the longest time. They've been at this for a minute. <laughs> yeah, because it does not. Take it, it like at least from the clips that is shown, it doesn't take that long to score a goal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so it's so baffling how apparently it, it took long enough to transition to yep. nighttime. The game ends. All the teams are showing sportsmanship, shaking on it afterwards. And as they bow, the shiny mask falls off of Takua's back, uh, where he had it on him the whole match, I guess. And then it starts to glow, shocking all present. So we immediately cut to a completely different location where the elders are translating the mask. There's so much of this. (laughs) Cutting to a completely different location, sometimes for as little as 15 seconds, and then cutting away again. I have to assume because of the environment, it's either Gakoro or maybe it's the Kininui, which is like the central point of the island yeah. and it's like where a lot of important stuff happens but i don't think that is the case I don't a lot know. of places looked really really similar to me because a lot of them yes. were i mean part of that is the early cgi which i can't fault them for it was a product of its time but yeah. uh, a lot of it also was that there was many big flat areas of rock with some tall rocks coming out of them and then not a lot yeah. else and then they just like make the background really misty so they didn't have to animate yeah yeah <laughs> but in this other location the elders are translating the mask declaring that it is the Kanohi Mask of Light, um, and it can only be worn by the seventh Toa, the Toa of Light. And then a prophecy we haven't heard of at all up until now is <laughs> yeah, declared yeah. to be being prof- fulfilled, even though, again, there was opening mm-hmm. narration to this movie where they could have very easily been like, but a prop, because they ended on the negative note that seems to not be a problem right now of, and Makuta, this evil guy, uh, sealed our god away and, and everything yeah. was terrible well. and sad. But now... <laughs> Well, then they, they'd have to explain why it's so important that there's a seventh Toa, and then you'd have to explain that historically there have only been six Toa, one for each like major element. We yada, hold yada. the darkness at bay with our six Toa, but yeah. the prophecy foretells of a seventh one, the hero of light who will lock the darkness away. And then you just cut to the movie. It's one extra sentence of dialogue. I don't understand why it wasn't in the you opening should, narration. You should time travel to 20 years ago and, and <laughs> suggest that to them. This is also I, the think, first... I think that's what was holding this back from being the commercial hit we needed it to be in order to get uh, more... Proper exposition, I agree. And, uh... Yes, 100%. <laughs> I usually am not in favor of more exposition in movies, but this is one of the rare instances where I was like, I would... I'm begging you for a Chiron, for like a little yeah. bit of exposition, <laughs> just anything to contextualize for me what I am seeing on screen right now. Because I am a full adult and I have no idea how to parse this. I cannot imagine as a child turning this on with no context and understanding what is happening in the movie. So, fu- so fun fact, this is also the first instance of a mask power being used. Um, so mask powers are individual unique powers that the Toa had, that the Toa have, you know, that the, its source is the mask and it's separate from their elemental powers. Nokama, uh, who actually, I don't think her, she's ever named, no, she is named, like, once. Nokama, who is the Tarago of Water, um, her mask power is translation. 
So that's why she's the one that's tasked with translating it. Hmm. Which is really funny because I think they're the ones that hid the mask in the first place. But that's background that we don't learn about. Until that later. does not come up at all in this movie about the no, mask. No, it doesn't. It no, it doesn't. That, that, com- that comes out years later. I only have. I, that's I, got I don't a have big the of retcon energy. That's like someone was writing, picked up the character for like a new run years down the line in a comic, and is like, "Well, what if we had them actually <laughs> yeah. be the ones who hid the mask?" Crisis on Infinite Montanui's. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of that going on. Vakama, who's the one that's doing the introduction, and you can sort of imagine like this myth being told to the Matoran is fully revisionist history. That is not exact. That is not at all what happens, and you learn about it more in the second movie. The elders then go over what the prophecy is, which tells of a seventh Toa who would bring light to the shadows and awaken Mata Nui. Um, Toa Tahu then asks where and when this supposed Toa will appear, and the elder explains that the Toa has to be found, likely by the person who uh, found the mask in the first place. Tahu then says, well, the mask glowed on Jala, so it must be him, which Jala seems unsure about trying to tell the truth that Takua was the one who found it. Uh, and then he tries to get Takua to tell them the truth that he was the one who found it, but Takua just like starts a chant of Hail Jala, and they declare that he is the one who has to carry it on this mission. And I'm like, so what's Takua happening? Your problem now. Your, your problem, problem now. now. <laughs> so Takua has always been character because Takua is arguably like the main character for the entire Toa Mata line. He is the one that actually inadvertently summons the Toa to the beach. He's the one that you play as in Matanui Online Game One, and that's where you, in which you know, is is when you is when he becomes the chronicler. The reason why is because you know, like everyone is very much like fixated on doing their duty, like their job. Uh, Takua does not do that. He often like leaves his village to just kind of go fuck around and explore and shit. Um, and so they were like, you know what? Let's utilize your stuff in a useful manner, and Maybe we're just going to have you document is everything. Going around and fucking around and finding out. Right. This is also not revealed until later, but it, the reason why is because of <laughs> because uh, if you imagine that there are fire Matoran and water Matoran uh, and stone Matoran, uh, Takua is one of many light Matoran, uh, which uh, come from a civilization, I believe, in Matanui's heart, which is like one of the last arcs. Uh, and so it's revealed that like years, millennia ago, um, <laughs> light Matoran sort of diffuse themselves into Matoran civilization and hide amongst their people. Uh, and their memories are wiped. They have no recollection of their past life. And that is, in fact, the reason why Takua is able to become... Uh, fucking spoilers. Uh, <laughs> if we ever get there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the reason why he, like, the reason why apparently he's always seemed so out of place is because he was never supposed to be a Tamakoran in the first place. Uh. So... You would not get any of that from the movie. They make no indication nope. that this is where he's from or where he's going. No. Um, but Jala and Takua are now tasked with seeking out the seventh Toa. The other Toa kind of debate why the seventh Toa would emerge now, save for Gali, who seems to have gone to, quote, ponder the great <laughs> thoughts. Uh, yeah. So then we immediately cut to Gali meditating in what I have to assume is a water temple of some kind. And she looks up to the sky and sees a seventh star. Shocking information we already knew. I, the only thing, the only information that it gives is that's how, that's how they get their prophecies from the stars. Except yep. an old guy just told us one. So maybe they don't need to look at the stars <laughs> to know that information. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in an evil place, because we hard cut to what I have to assume is where the big bad is hiding out, uh, a spooky yeah. voice that we have to assume is Makuta uh, says that he is aware of the prophecy and that the mask uh, 
exists and debates releasing those who should never see the light of day and then immediately sends a bunch of like freaky fish looking bionicle bad guys out to you know Mm -hmm. chase the mask presumably very nazgul energy you know super (laughs) cool here's actually something uh sophie i I think that's a very prescient um uh, comparison because what (laughs) Here's actually something. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually important. The amount of, like, very weird Lord of the Ring vibes I got from a lot of this movie. Actually, I don't know if that's just Mm -hmm. me, but, like, there's a sequence we're going to get to in, like, like five minutes in movie time, like 30 minutes in podcast time, uh, where they do, like, a very, like, Helm's Deep-esque, like, defense shot. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, like, I felt... I was seeing a lot of very specific, like, visual references to, like, stuff from the Lord of the Rings movie. Because th- they came out 2001, 2002, 2003. This movie mm-hmm. was being made at the height of those movies coming out. It was yeah. the hottest shit. I feel like there's a lot of, like, super strong Lord of the Rings ripping off for the visual language of what's going on in this movie. I didn't even realize that until you mentioned it. It actually, yeah. Two I, little I guys <laughs> off on a quest to return a golden object to a specific <laughs> yeah. location. Yeah, gold thing. Yeah, old being thing. hunted by yada yada. Spooky guys. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I, all right, all right, Blue. I'll give you that one. Right. <laughs> I can give that you, to the Mask you, of Light. They definitely took some influence from the Lord. You, of the Rings. you put on the gold thing, and it turns you into a different person. <laughs> but but then also let's let's get back to the fact that the Rakshi are uh, wildly inconsistent and broadly dumb as shit. Uh, yes. Because the bounds of their powers and what hurts them and what they can do is very so. Vague completely vague and all over the place where it's like Tahu can't lay a finger on him but then Kopaka just knocks out six of them in one go like it's nothing mm-hmm. it, these characters are wild and they completely break any sense of like lore consistency in what is a threat and what is it not. It did make it difficult to tell like when I should have been concerned in this movie because at some, yeah. one point they destroy an entire settlement and then another the ice guy freezes them and then they're just done. And yeah. It yeah. was somewhat confusing. Um, but it's, we we got to yeah. get into the journey of it all. <laughs> we we got to move away from our volcano home, as do Takua and Jala. Jala has a weird romantically charged goodbye with the uh, water girl Holly. Uh, Takua shows signs of being sad that it's not his quest that they're on, even though he is the one who insisted that Jala be the one to go on it. And the lads hop on Puku, the crab that they have as a, a friend, and ride off into the sunset. Um, the mask is going to guide them by shining light in the correct direction, even though it is, for all intents and purposes, it does appear to be shining light indiscriminately at uh, any person who picks it up. Yeah. Uh, Golly, who is still meditating, notes that the birds are flying away as a fleeing something as an ominous storm cloud rolls in. Uh, a rock dome nearby explodes, and the evil bionicles burst through the rock she. Uh, they try to chase Golly, but she hides under water, and they lose sight of her and fly off uh, as she notes that the three bad robots are flying for Takoro. Golly rushes and beats them there and as she arrives tells the uh, other bionicles to sound the alarm and to lock down. Uh, after they do the shadow Rakshi arrive and the Tahu get ready and Tahu and Golly and the other Koa get ready to face off with them almost immediately getting uh, Tahu shit rocked by the Rakshi. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
like instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Cannot. nothing will get through these walls, and then everything immediately mm-hmm. gets through the walls. There's a moment where Tahu rallies because Gali joins the fight, and it looks like he's able to use like glowy lights from his little dual swords to spook uh, and hurt one of the Rakshi, and you think, oh, maybe nothing. this movie called The Mask of Light will involve light as the ultimate MacGuffin that will save us, but no, it's just a one-off thing that they do. And then Gali and Tahu decide to get the rest of the Bionicle to safety so that they can regroup and abandon the stronghold. So they grab all of the named characters and help them escape. And then yeah. uh, Tahu is once again nearly defeated by the Rock Shi. Um, but uh, before Gali can fire off a little attack to help Tahu escape, he like does a little flip thing, gets his mask clipped by one of the Rock Shi uh, and hit by Gali's attack. Um, and he and Gali are able to lava surf to escape, but not without him taking a little, a little scratch to the ye old mask there. Um, it's very dramatic. The Rakshi <laughs> leave from their assault because they're not here for the Bionicle. They're here for the seventh Toa uh, and worried about Takua and Jala. The Toa decide it's time to get together and summon all the rest of them uh, to help their buddies out, even though Tahu insists that he'll see to the lad's safety himself. But Gali insists they remain united and Tahu agrees because, again, a core tenant of their civilization is unity. And as Tahu like relents, he reveals he's got an ominous green tint to his one yeah. eye and mask. Uh oh, Tahu. <laughs> Very much like, no, I'm not sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Starts doing the Peter Parker thing with his hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the jungle, our boys continue their quest uh, as they wax poetic about how Takua has never stood still long enough to find his destiny. Um, a big robot yeah. dinosaur attacks, and they have some lighthearted combat before being bailed out by Toa Liwa, the spirit of air, who sounds so close to having a Scottish accent and so far all at once. What what I felt was happening here was that they did a lot of, like, super heavy indigenous coding with a very stereotypical leprechaun Irish accent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, they did. It's, it's not just Irish. It's not no. just like like hyper spiritual native like cool tracker guy. No. It's specifically it's both of those, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which the, is so much worse. It's insulting con- to two different groups all at once. <laughs> the, yeah. the stereotypical indigenous like sort of heavy handedness got them subject to a lawsuit. That's actually the reason why Jala really? has two different names because oh. uh, words Matanui, Toa, um, and Matoran were originally called Tohunga. They are all Maori names um, right. and Maori words. And uh, I, I guess the extent of their thinking was that it's an island. This is a setting set in an island. Let's use Polynesian words. But then, like, those words are important um, to those people. And so that, that brought them to a lawsuit. And so then uh, either it was the Bionicle team or the Lego group. They basically said, okay, uh, if can we come to an agreement? Can we keep these words? And then we'll change the rest. And then they said yes. So, like... Blank Nui, uh, Toa, uh, those are all, uh, you know, stayovers. Uh, the reason why uh, Jala had their name changed is because there were some Matoran names that were like, uh, I think Huki uh, mm. was uh, a Maori name, and so that had to be changed. So they came up with an in universe reason oh called the naming ceremony, in which everyone who contributed to like the most recent. Uh, cataclysm event uh got a new name and that is the which phonetically sounds sounds the same but it's spelled differently and that is the reason why (laughs) wow oh boy yeah imagine writing a character 
That's such an abysmal stereotype that your entire world building gets sued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important like to be respectful of other cultures and to not just use fun words because you want to add a little flavor to something. This is why it's important to have actual indigenous members on your production team if you intend to do any sort of really indigenous related content in your media. Sensitivity the group, readers are great. Yeah. The Lego group doesn't usually take L's. This was a big one. This is a pretty big <laughs> L. This is a pretty big one. This is like, pretty I, indefensible. I forgot about this before because I knew there was a thing with like the names being from like Maori, you know, like original indigenous stuff. But I, yeah. as I was watching this, I heard Liwa open his mouth and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's like the thing with all Lamatorans as well. They're called it's called tree speak. This this idea, not just the accent, but like taking a word and ha and having it be two synonyms. You know, like uh, yeah. spirit lifts or like you know tree fly yeah. yada yada yeah, tree fly. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Oof. But uh, yeah. despite the questionable at best coding to this character he does offer his help in their search and it's gonna help fly them further along uh, and calling for their ride a cuckoo bird they take to the skies um they leave puku the crab behind in the most like and they're just like bye kupuku and then they're just gone and i'm like <laughs> yeah. carried you so far <laughs> Walk isn't home there... back to our destroyed city. Yeah, isn't... Oh, that's right. Puku doesn't even know. Isn't there like a shot of like Puku like visibly like deflating? Yes. They yeah. cut so much in this movie, but they left the shot of the crab being sad in. Uh, yeah. But they... the, the pacing of this film is relentless, but they had the time for like eight seconds of this crab looking sad. Yeah. They fly up into an icy mountaintop, I wonder which Toa we're going to meet next, landing uh, mm -hmm. with a slight crash in the snow. And as they listen to some drums, uh, Liwa tells them that their village has fallen to the Rakshi. Um, Jala laments that he wasn't there to help and tries to leave the quest, but Liwa tells him to stay. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's important for them to finish the quest and the Toa will fight. Uh, so the boys continue up the mountain, arguing through a snowstorm until they run right into a... Uh, Frozen, my notes auto-corrected this to Balrog, but I believe it's supposed to say Rakshi. <laughs> uh, Borok. Borok. Uh, no, Ra Rahi, which is Rah just their name for just, like, the wildlife. Wait, um, but what about the... It's, it's like the little ball guy. Oh, no, it was Borok. a Borok. Yeah, it was right. a Borok. I'm yeah. so sorry. If, if you were a real fan, Noir, you would have... No, I'm kidding. I'm Excuse kidding. <laughs> I've just been bored the entire time. So uh. they run into a frozen Balrog, and uh, they realize the, the doing of... Like the heaviest mountain of irony possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here pulling no weight, except I'm actually <laughs> you once. It's enough. That's all you need. Uh, the Borok was the last, like, weight, like, the last quote-unquote arc that the Toa had to face. Um, oh, in great. the book... Yeah. I'd never know. <laughs> in the book, the reason why they're actually doing the Kohli match, it's not just to celebrate the Great Spirit, it's to celebrate the end of the Borok Swarm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Because, like, the Borok was the only actual point at which you saw the Toa, like, being good at stuff. Yeah. But they're shit against the Rakshi, so it's like, I wish we had something to compare them to, but the Rakshi the, are so inconsistent. Every, it's every like, wave are the Toa is, actually good at anything? Every no, wave are they is stronger exactly, than a Torin? Debatable. <laughs> every wave is exactly the same as far as story beats go. It's, yeah. uh, the Toa are separated, and they're fighting and quibbling between one another until they get their shit wrecked, and then they come together, and then they defeat the enemy. That's it. And they do it four times. 
This is the fourth <laughs> time that they do it. Yep. And speaking of the Toa doing something, this is where we meet Topaka, the Toa of Ice. Topaka. Topaka. He's Kopaka, so cool. He's so aloof and doesn't he's care. So, he's so oh, man. icy, uh, one could the say, ice guy in personality. Is cool as ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I, I like him because he has one eye that's like a scope here. for some reason. Yeah. So he looks slightly yeah. different from everyone else we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They try to explain their mission, which he seems completely uninterested in. And I was even Don't more care. like, yeah, I think this guy <laughs> is kind of fun. Um, meanwhile. Kopaka's the best Toa. He's the best. <laughs> I guess he sucks, and he's the best. He's giving me I big guess... uh, early Power Rangers White Ranger energy, you know, and uh, in, in it, Dino it's... Thunder specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says something about the quality of the story in the movie when the most interesting person is the one who's the least interested in the yeah. movie in the, in the plot. <laughs> Uh, but people who are interested in the plot include Tahu, who is currently lamenting the loss of his village uh, as the mask uh, scar he's got definitely gets worse from the last shot that we saw it in. Um, mm-hmm. Then we card cut out of there to the Iceland where we already were. As uh, <laughs> Yeah, like that whole scene is like like 20 seconds, seconds cutting all the way across the continent. Yep. Uh, Topaka, right? Kopaka. Kopaka. Kopaka holds the line against uh, the Rakshi who have just shown up so the lads can escape. And they, of course, snowboard slash sled to safety-ish. Um, but in the fall, it looks like uh, Kopaka falls and dies. Uh, but right at the last second when it looks like the baddies are going to get um, Takua as he's floating out in the middle of a lake. Uh, no, Kopaka is alive and he freezes the whole lake and the baddies and then they don't get to grab the mask and I'm like this guy seems to be ca- perfectly capable of taking out every single one of these rock so long as they just hang out in the ice land for a while <laughs> like yeah, yeah. he's um, the only one that actually like consistently does his job well the yeah. only the only quibble uh, in his characterization that is keep, that keeps getting brought up is that he actively works against the concept of unity because he just wants to work alone but it's also because he's effective when he works alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crab at this point also catches up with them. I guess their ride is back and the ice toa yeah. just walks off because he's cold. He Batman's away. <laughs> there are several points w- in this movie in which he just fully leaves without saying a word, including yeah. another section where it's literally the only scene is him and Golly talking to each other. Golly's <laughs> like, man, I feel so alone. And Kopaka like doesn't say anything. He just leaves. He's like, that sucks for you, Golly. Yeah, she's a big she, dumb idiot for caring. She's like, uh, have we have we lost our sense of unity? And like Kopaka's like, not my problem, bitch. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves, and we cut to this for like thirty seconds tops, and cut back across the continent yeah. again just to shit on Golly. <laughs> Poor Golly. She's just trying to meditate yeah. and live her life. Um, oh but the lads are off on their adventure again, continuing up the mountain uh, to a cave system called the Onokoro Highway. Eh? Which Onukoro, can, yeah, yeah. No, because it's because uh, it's Onua's place. Um, yep. So it's it's Onukoro. Yeah, no, exactly. Onu prefix for Earth. Yeah. yeah, but apparently different than stone is the very distinction. Different, very different. Rocks, important distinction. Uh, it's very dark inside, but luckily they have the mask of light, so you know, no, permanent flashlight. No. And inside the tunnel, Takua uh, messes with some bioluminescent plants for a second and gets separated from his friends and begins to hear an ominous voice calling his name. balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Makuta. Anywhere shadows go, he can go. Kind of like Ghost Shark in the movie Ghost Shark. And he senses Takua's fear. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> exactly like it. We're not going to address this in the know, slightest. Continue. Point. 
Um, <laughs> he sends us to Kua's fear and that they won't find the seventh Toa. Um, and he's like, if you, you're going to fail and Jala's going to die, and it's going to all be your fault unless you bring me the mask. Uh, just before he can make any rash decisions, Jala finds him and they go to continue on their quest when Takua tells Jala that he can't go on with him and that he can't explain why. And then he just kind of quits and leaves. And Jala's like, well, screw you too, dude. I'm going to keep walking on with this quest that you're supposed to be on um so this confuses me so much because from what i understand if what i remember correctly is makuta says if you find the seventh toa jala will die mm-hmm. but then takua leaves jala so that jala can find the seventh, seventh toa, toa and die. which basically sort of sounds like he's kind of just like leaving jala to die yes yeah a hundred percent which That's the isn't the intention of the but that is what it comes across as yeah uh, Bakuda's this big... like, oh, your friend will die. And he's like, I don't want to be there like, for that. Bye. I get him killed first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this makes Makuda unhappy, so he decides to pierce that which the Toa hold dear. And then in an underground settlement that we harshly cut to, uh, the rock Toa fist bumps the stone Toa. Um, and it's not explained to us that one of them is rock and one of them is stone other than that we've already been introduced to the stone one and it kind of made me wish that maybe the rock guy had also been at that game at the beginning that we spent so much time at where they introduced three out of six of these guys like I get the ice one not being there but it feels like maybe the other two should have made an appearance I don't know the extent of the distinction at least as far as the civilizations go is is you said it at the beginning It's, it's carvers and sculpting versus mining and yeah. in in like the villages are set like the Onokoro is set underground. I guess Earth refers to the stuff below the surface. Then Pokoro is set in a desert, which yeah. then also equates stone to sand, which is the only like, which is what he uses in in his fights. So it's not <sighs> it, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the stone guy talks about how cool the whole mask quest is and then Takua walks in sadly on his little crab and says that he and Jala got separated after meeting the Rakshi which is kind of a lie and kind of the truth and at this point I'm not sure how much I cared and just at that (laughs) point the Rakshi bust in through the ground and the rock guy and the stone guy go on the attack everyone flees as the Rakshi try to steal the energy or life force or key or whatever of um the rock so, toa yeah and then this the is, yeah that <laughs> then is one rakshi in specific there are like 40 breeds of rakshi uh <laughs> makuta specifically chooses six that like like are antithesis antitheses to certain values because like this is also in Montanui online game too from the three main virtues unity duty and destiny like uh combinations of them uh become like lesser but still also important, like, Unity values, beats. virtues. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of Destiny it is, like, rock, paper, scissors. Duty it's like, it's like, it's like, like rock, Pokoro, Pokoro value, like, creation and endurance and, like, will, like, like willpower, like, other, sm- other smaller virtues that are combinations oh. of, of the others. Um, so they're, they're only six, but they each have different powers, and they're not tied to like the elemental color that you have been primed to sort of think that they should be tied to. So like the red rock sheet does not control fire. His power is fear. Um, it's the black rock sheet that has uh, a staff of hunger, which in which lore wise, it's sapping like the life force, mm. the, like the energy mm. of, and that's what, and that's what Anua is faced up against. You know what would have been cool? 
hearing any of this. <laughs> yeah. Right? I just thought they were weird yeah. fish dudes. And I wasn't even sure if there were six of them or if there were more because they constantly seemed to be replenishing throughout the film as needed for any given action set piece. At They're first, only... I was like, oh, there's yeah. three of them. Okay, that's an easy number to keep track of. And then I thought there were more of them. And then I could never tell. There are. There are six of them. There's there's one for each village, each Toho, yada, yada. Um, yeah. They sold six toys. Yes. Which were, were color-coded to the, the Toa. Mm-hmm. But I, I had no idea. I had no idea yeah. they, they represented, like... The, the last yeah. the last line, the last wave of toys in Bionicle was called Bionicle Stars, which is basically that, their so way good. of saying, hey, we're wrapping up this story. Let's kind of revisit the old favorites. Um, but again, they had an in-universe reason for why you would have these six specific people from, like, <laughs> different years all in the same place. One of the, one of the sets was a Rakshi, uh, mm-hmm. but it was, like yellow orange colored that's not meant to be the brown one it's an entirely different rakshi who has like heat powers or something like that <laughs> so yeah nice uh takua they're also slug slug things not <laughs> yeah. fish things sorry i'm sorry go please tell your story tell the story i'm sorry my story <laughs> tell this. i'm not even sure this is any of our stories <laughs> This is my this is my if you if you had to give a 45 minute presentation on anything right now on the spot. This is it. This is mine. I, I'm so sorry. Tell. Like yeah. I mean, what is this podcast here for if not to give someone an outlet for a particularly niche thing that they have loved since childhood? Uh yeah. Takua is fleeing but starts to regret his actions and gets the will to fight and when he turns around to face down the Rakshi, he's got his mystery lacrosse stick and there's like a momentary glow when he picks it up. Uh, but then that doesn't really do much against the Rakshi. So Tahu, no. who shows up, goes to defend him and is immediately getting his shit rocked once again. So Wind Guy helps him out uh, and helps Takua get to safety, telling him to go catch up with Jala. Meanwhile, Tahu says Fire has no brothers, uh, despite his uh, fellow Toa's attempts to unite to fight and gets yeah. fully corrupted by the poison or whatever is, you know, going through his, his mask and... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's, it's so bad. He says, "I have no destiny," and the audience is like, "Oh, not a no." That's destiny. one of the three ones. <laughs> Even though, again, destiny not a thing that you can, in, by definition, not a thing you can control so, or influence. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, if if remembering the spoilers of of how er, like the Matoran are cells inside this body, uh, each Matoran is built and program designed for a specific purpose that is what destiny is meant that maybe duty would also cover that so it is still sort of redundant (laughs) yeah their third thing that's also fair yeah (laughs) maybe destiny is like more of a function of like their their place and nature whereas like duty is more like the job they have to do Hmm. possibly that's still not a virtue. That's it's still a not a virtue that you can that's, live that's, to. It's still just a thing you're born stretch. into. And it's still not a virtue. It's still <laughs> just a fancy way of like class. <laughs> it's like it's it's basically just like the theme of the story. Takuo will avoid his destiny, and it takes him the whole movie to accept his destiny of being the herald for the mask mm-hmm. of light. Like that's that's it. Yeah. Um, also, we learn that the rock and stone Toa are fine because they're both also attacking the rock she now. Gali tries to snap Tahu out of it, but uh, they settle for Icy just showing up and freezing him instead and solving yeah. the problem immediately. Again, overpowered. Yeah. Just, like, if <laughs> Kopaka is so Kopaka The is, ice if... Toa can freeze the guy that is like 
representing every fire sense, with zero effort. In every sense of the concept, uh, Kopaka is the Batman of, of the Toa <laughs> in that he has contingencies for all of the other Toa, which basically just it involves It seems like he only has one contingency them. and it's just freezing whatever's in front of him. But you. if it works, if it works, I, I know it's like if you only have a hammer, every everything every looks like a nail. nail. But there's just nails. It, it, it's a good enough hammer. <laughs> When everything is a nail, you only need one hammer. You only, that's, that's, that's hammer exactly is freezing it. people. That's, 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 the, that's, that's the flip, yeah. Uh, Takua and his crab escape from the cave and continue their search for Jala. Um, the Koa then, we hard cut to them with Tahu restrained on a rock in the jungle, and they summon all of their healing power to get rid of the poison before their buddy is gone for good. So Gali, like, water bends or whatever, and Tahu is she washed She waterboards clean. Tahu. Yeah. She waterboards Tahu. <laughs> and I love how they apply, basically, their closest uh, facsimile to an icy hot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is like Tahu. Don't you know pain is no match for the icy hot patch? <laughs> yeah, it's it's Tahu and Kopaka's swords just crossed over. We have to call Tahu our greatest and... hero Shaq, and then they summon him with the mask. <laughs> yeah, um, Tahu's like washed perfectly clean from his previous grimy state, but still is unconscious. And I guess Gali assumes that he's he's dead, and they've lost their unity. And this is when I, I believe the ice guy just wanders off into the distance, never to see him again. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he just dips. Uh, Jala, meanwhile, there's a reason is... though. <laughs> no, really? it, like there's a reason, but it comes out later in the story, so yeah. we'll get to that point yeah. in the story. Uh, Jala is continuing his climb up the mountain when a quake nearly knocks him down. Luckily, Takua and the crab are there to help him back up. They make good, and the lads are back on the quest that they started on 30 minutes ago. Jala points out that the mask was never where those rocks she attacked, and Takua's like, oh, they were looking for the Herald, assuming they were looking for him, not the mask. But I'm like, man, connect the one dot this movie has to where you are trying to find the Toa of Light. They are tracking the Toa, and they keep showing up where you are. Your friend just pointed that out in the movie, and there's still 30 minutes left. I the only time that the only time that the mask is like shining a beam of light is when is either when Takua is touching it or when it's pointed at Takua. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. makes me wonder how they have made it this far in any direction because it would have just been shining light in any direction that Takua was holding it out in at any point. That's exactly what happens. They just yeah. do it, literally, they do a giant circle around the island. Uh, we got so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, like, after they get to the other side, it's like, if it's pointing, like, south now, why didn't it point south when we were over on the east part of the island? Oh Wait a minute. I mean, God. I don't think compasses were invented. They might have been. I don't know. We had to show off every single one of these elemental Toa, so we had to go to all of the different locations where they could be found. It was very important that we got to all of that in this one-hour movie. Um, yeah. Tahu wakes up and makes good with Gali, and all is well. The Toa are united once more. Um, meanwhile, the lads reach a great temple-looking place, and uh, Takua shakes the mask, and it shoots a light beam. Surely this is their intended destination, <laughs> which is why Rock Shi turn up. Uh, and they're almost immediately cornered when lights begin to shine all around them. It's the Toa, here to fight. All of them. Uh, they use the power of teamwork to defend the little guys and fight the Rakshi, and uh, they combine their powers to do, like, different elemental attacks. 
<laughs> very cheesily announcing what each I was of gonna them say, are, like, as if the is. audience is two five years old to understand Sand. tight matchups. Fire! I love this makes, because sand fire makes, makes glass. glass, right? But yeah. then, very specifically, fire, water, still Lava, just does an no, ice wait. effect when the ice guy shoots ice at True, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and ice. <laughs> just... <laughs> Uh, it's also the first time you see Anu using his powers, and it, it's no—it's—it's it's, he's, he's lifting rocks, and so yeah. then you—you you wonder. It makes you wonder what's the difference between Onua and and Pahatsu. Mm-hmm. So, poor guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Poor uh, despite the Toa's victories, one of the rock she manages to corner the two lads, hitting Takua with the red energy suck beam. But uh, Jala <laughs> sacrifices himself for his friend because if I can't carry you, Mister Frodo, or can't carry the ring, I can carry you, Mister Frodo. Uh, and dramatically hands Takua the mask before dying for real. Does he say like you were always special? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Some bullshit so the, like that. The, the interesting thing is that that was the fear rock she, which kind of questions why Jala died from it like it would make sense if it was the hunger rock she for instance that was like sapping out your power or whatever I think I think canonically the reason is because Jala was afraid of dying so because it showed his fear he died <laughs> it like it, it made his fear true so he, he willed himself to die that would have been amazing information to have in the actual movie I yes. couldn't tell if this was supposed to be a different Rakshi. I thought it was just the guy from the previous the, encounter who had drained the, the life fear, force of Atoa. The fear Rakshi like occurs when the earth uh, and the stone Toa are underground and they're fighting those Rakshi. The only time that he uses his attack again is firing a red beam at Pohatu, the Toa of stone. And then it's just a shot of Pohatu like looking scared, but it's never revisited. So there's not was enough. Was he looking like, scared? Not... I couldn't tell because the masks he just, he just, like, are incapable of does showing gasp. emotion yeah. other than yeah. slightly wider eyes and mouth open <laughs> yeah. or closed. It's not enough information for a viewer who has no knowledge of this, which is nearly everyone because I only knew about the 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 different staff powers by reading the Bionicle wiki, which is years down the line and would not be normal information available to people. So Yeah, I, I made do by just watching this like probably a dozen times and just kind of like <laughs> having enough of a casual understanding of what happened when that I'm like, yeah, sure, this fits together, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this makes sense because I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of opinions Hi, about the Koa and the plot of the movie Bionicle Mask of Light. Toa! So Takua puts on the mask and becomes the Toa, uh, literally because he gets like taller and everything in a whole like Sailor Moon transformation sequence. And then he becomes Takanuva, Toa of Light. Yes. He doesn't um, take off his other mask. He just puts no. this other one on top of it. Yeah. Very inconsistent with my experience of the toys, which had the interchangeable masks that you could yeah. take one so, off of the one guy and put it on a different guy if you wanted to. In defense of this very obvious plot twist, the Toa were never established to have been Matoran. Like, I, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I made that assumption, like, oh yeah, Matoran are like the children, and the Toa are the adults, and the Turaga are the old people. So they're like, every Matoran will go through this growth cycle. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there are only select Matoran that do that. And even and back then, at, like at the beginning of Bionicle, the the like Tahu and Gali and all those people did not come from Matoran. They were washed up onto a beach in canisters. Mm. And so this is the first instance of people being introduced to the concept of Matoran being able to become Toa, which is apparently how it's always been done, which is featured in the second movie. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah. Uh, he uses his light beam to reveal a big uh, stone mask like sculpture, and then uh... he he carves up he carves Takua's mask in the in the mountain <laughs> with one beam of light. Not yeah. his friend who just sacrificed his life's mask. His mm-hmm. mask. Not even the mask of light, like his old mask. His old mask, yeah. yeah. So Takanuva talks to the elder who tells him that the destiny was inside him all along, which again is kind of just how destinies work and not something that we needed to discover because we understand that as a principle. Uh, but they use mm-hmm. a tentacle to track Makuta or Slug or whatever it is. One of the Rakshi before they're the Rakshi. Yeah. Um, they put a Rakshi slug into a motorcycle. <laughs> they put yeah, a Rakshi they, slug a mo- into a motorcycle. A motorcycle built from the dismantled parts of the Rakshi. Yes. Which is metal as hell. Um, it is. And uh, Takanova goes to take off, but not before Jala's girlfriend uh, puts Jala's mask on the front of the bike so that he can continue to lead them to victory. Um, even though, again, in the canon of this, it's not that he was the Herald. It's just that Takuma was there the whole goddamn time. Um, Light Lad sets out alone, telling the other Toa to gather all the little guys and await his return for destiny reasons, and he light cycles through the tunnels to a very spooky door that he crashes his very sentimental bike into, only for Holly to jump out of the back like Spritel and Chim Chim before her and offer to be his chronicler. And I'm like, this is too much plot relevancy for a character who I haven't seen since the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's it's kind of how it is, like... Takua became the chronicler because he kept stumbling into the plot. <laughs> um, and so they were like, well, why don't we just make a job out of it? And so now Holly kind of thinks she has to do the same thing. So now she's trying to insert herself into the plot. She's the it chronicler. Is... Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird how Takanuva's like, no, I have to do this alone. And then, like, a minute completely later, getting, he's like, getting rid get of the, the rest of the tower. I need their help. He's like, gather everyone so they can all appear in an appropriately dramatic moment in a very dangerous situation. And I will first go ahead and make it riskier for all of them. Um, because yeah. inside of the spooky cave, uh, Takanuva confronts Makuta, who seems to, for all intents and purposes, just also be a big bionicle. Um, yeah, it, it's a bionicle set. You could have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool set he tells holly to summon the matoran so she runs off while makuta monologues about how takua fails um and makuta in a total twist challenges takanuva to a ball game from the beginning of the movie that's right that's that's why it was important that's why it was important this whole thing um Holly delivers the message, and for some reason, the elders who just witnessed this whole stuff go down don't want to run into the tunnels right away, so she gives a rousing speech about awakening Matasui because it's their duty, which again is one of their three things, and now they're all on board. Meanwhile, underground, Takanuva is on the ropes when all the other Bionicles arrive to just watch him get to absolutely decked by Makuta. Yeah. I love the progression because it's like, no, I have to go alone. <laughs> he shows up at the front door. All right. Get the other now Toa, that we've reached and they the danger, show up, the and they watch. <laughs> they watch. They him get don't his shit do wrecked. anything. So yeah, all yeah. three of those plot points have no bearing <laughs> also, on the outcome of the makes fight. The idea yeah. of him getting a chronicler completely pointless because every other single person in existence yeah. <laughs> has seen the events that would have been chronicled, so anyone could write them down. I guess you could argue that they needed someone to be able to lead the everyone else through the tunnel because how else would they I have guess, known to go there but why wouldn't they just follow the guy on the motorcycle he could just fly a little bit slower it changed nothing that he got there first so 
actually <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> it's not it's not a vessel that he controls in the novelization of the mask of light i think it specifically like describes him as just waiting like he he says that line of what was makuta's will return to him so he's utilizing the krata which is that little slug thing that he put in the front to literally just oh, like so worm its way back is driving the bike <laughs> The slug is driving the bike, and and Takanuba is literally just on there waiting, which is also why he crashes the bike because it was only meant to be a one way trip. Right. So, so you can't control the speed. So mm. I guess it makes sense. I don't. Know. Everyone should be holding onto the back with like little skateboards, like a tire rope, a chain. Yeah, that'd back. be fun. That'd be fun. Makuta's got him on the ropes, but this enrages the light Toa, who whips out his special move from before, only this time it 100% works at rocking Makuta's shit, but Makuta isn't dead, uh, and it's continues to monologue about protecting his brother and his duty to the Mask of Shadows, which is very aligned with their whole philosophy, but twisted a little bit to show that it can be evil or whatever. And then Takanuva tries to take the Mask of shadows off of Makuta, and they both fall into a very conveniently placed pool of water that is in the shape of the Bionicle logo, I believe. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually a pool of energized protodermis, <laughs> which is different than the than protodermis I mentioned before, which is actually like the organic, like general uh -huh. form of matter that everything else is formed from. Energized protodermis is actually what allowed the Lego group to use the same Toa, uh, and then just kind of give them a visual revamp. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's like it's like this, it's like it's it's like radio, it's like toxic waste basically. It's not meant to be good, <laughs> and they fall in it. They fall in it. All the other bionicle watch silently as the pool be is done. Nothing happens for a while, and then the pool begins yeah. to glow, and from it, a fusion of light mask and shadow mask emerges together as one, and they declare Do you know that his name. Yes, because they don't say Takuta it in the movie. Takutanuva. <laughs> Takanuva. It's Takanuva with a ta in there. <laughs> Takanuva. Oh my god. Uh, they declare... And fun fact, you can take you can take the you can take the Takanuva set, like the Lego, the the mm -hmm. Bionicle set, and the Makuta set, and you can make it. It's oh, fun. You can actually oh, nice. build it together. Yeah, yeah you can yeah, actually cool. build. Yeah. They... That's like yeah. when Yu-Gi-Oh introduced fusion monsters, and I was mad about yeah. it for about three seconds. I was like, man, I kind of want to like blend a little dragon together and see what happens. Um... <laughs> They declare that Matanui must be awakened because I guess the light guy is mostly in control and wrestle open a door so that all the other Bionicle can walk, rush into what we have to assume is a sealed chamber. Um, yeah. And it seems like the thing that's keeping this guy asleep and trapped is just a really, really heavy door, which is, as far as I can tell, made of stone. Something which they have two Toa who can control. <laughs> But uh, the fusion uses its light magic powers to bring Jala back to life at this point also. Um, he just like fully reforms around his mask. And after Jala is alive, uh, the light fusion guy who is not named in this movie, but who Noir has helpfully provided the name for, uh, declares that his Nuba. duty is done and lets the door fall on him, sealing I everyone else inside of the door. chamber that only he could open apparently. Uh, and it sends the Mask of Light sliding towards Jala and the others, rip to Takua. Uh, all of the Toa T-pose in a big circle with Holly. T-pose. I also love early 2000s, their form of greeting is fist bumping. Like, yeah. yeah. Actually, like, kind of cool. It's kind of fun. I, I can get behind that. I, I, love, I love just the pacing of it. It is a very visible clump closing of the door. Jala runs, turns around, and like a couple seconds have passed. He sees that there's a closed door. He says, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love the pacing of this movie too because the whole goal up till now has been to wake up Mata Nui, right? So you mm-hmm. think, okay, we're on it. We're going to wake up Mata Nui. They're all T-posing. This has got to be a ceremony of some kind to wake up Mata Nui. Holly and Jala and the Mask of Light are all in these glowing circles in the middle representing their tenets of unity, duty, and destiny or whatever. Um, the ceremony reforms the Toa of Light around the mask. Okay, great. We've seen this established seconds ago. Jala came back to life. Um, this is not too much of a stretch. Um, and then the light shows them the island of light of the light Toa and the movie ends. So what the fuck just happened? Okay, 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 okay. So first thing to know, they did not wake up Matanui. I guess that much. <laughs> I figured Ma- that Matanui, out. <laughs> Matanui waking up is the giant mech waking up. Um, that does not happen. What ends up happening is that uh, Turaga Vakama, uh, who's been narrating this, uh, reveals that the Toa Mata, they're called the Toa Mata because they're on Matanui, um, the island, they are not the first Toa. And then they, they go and they say that the Turaga, in fact, were... They used to. They were the previous Toa. They came. Everyone, all of the Matoran and the Turaga, came from a previous city called Metru Nui. And the next two movies talk about the old. The, talk about the Turaga back in the back when they were Toa as heroes, doing their adventure. Um, a bit more lore regarding, which I guess kind of brings a bit more context in the subject of destiny. Every Toa team has, I think it's called a great purpose or like a great destiny or something like that. It is a goal that they are supposed to fulfill. Once they fulfill that goal, they sacrifice their power and become Turaga. The the Toa Metrus, so Vakama, everyone, their goal was to safely bring the Matoran out of Metru Nui because of like some great cataclysm that occurs. So they complete that and then they become the village elders. Takanuva's goal as a Toa is to eradicate darkness. Um, there is an alternate, there's multiverses in the Bionicle lore. There's an alternate universe where Takanuva does that and he's, and and like, uh, Takanuva from our universe sees him as Taraga Takanuva and it's really cool. Anyway. But like in the context of the end of this movie, (laughs) what's happening? Like they 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 find an island? That's how the movie ends. They don't wake up Nui. Vakama says that they weren't the first Toa. Uh, and in fact, it is time for them to return to where they first originally came from, Metro okay. Nui. That's what that island is. It's okay, because they don't and call so what, it Metro it, Nui in the movie. They call it the yep. Island of Light, which is what it does. So what that did is that it opened up the channel for them to travel back to Metro Nui gotcha. because uh, a thousand years ago was when they were Toa. Age is not a thing that happens like like in the in the ways that you would expect in the Bionicle universe. Um, they they transport the Matoran to. Matanui and they um, and like the the path seals behind them. Uh, Objectively what is happening is that they are exiting a path from like underneath the ocean of the planet that they're on uh, inside the head of Matanui up to a channel on an on like an organic island on the surface of the planet um, and that's Matanui. So they're actually going back down into the mech but you don't know you don't know that until like later on. Anyway. That's the movie. A trip. <laughs> it's great. So that's I... Bionicle, The Mask of Light. Um, do I think I know what happened in it? No. Is Here's the thing, because it is, it's a movie for children, and it's like a direct-to-DVD kids movie, right? So on yeah. one hand, there's a lot that I don't want to judge it against. Um, like, there, you know, I'm not going to hold the quality of the CGI against this movie. I'm not going to hold, like, 
some of the clear toy tie-in parts. But it just requires so much context to understand even the littlest thing that's going on. And yeah, what they yeah. do try to explain is not what's included in the plot of the movie. And I feel like it's just not working on so many levels for me. It's Which is not to say that I have not deeply enjoyed Noir's uh, Bionicle lecture because I am living for this. I love it letting someone go off on something that they, they love. But uh, if you like it, you should this let is a us movie podcast. <laughs> This is a movie podcast. I feel like I'd be remiss if we did not sort of talk about our final yeah. thoughts on the movie, The Mask of Light. Uh, yeah. Regardless of your experience and knowledge of the Bionicle Deep Lore, how do you feel yeah. about The Mask of Light after watching it again as an adult? Uh, Blue, I've talked too much. I, you go first. I, the thing for me is, like, as I was watching this movie, I kept thinking, like, wow, this is dog shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, over and over, at several points throughout the movie, like... The first is like um, Takua, like wow, this yeah. is really yeah. bad already. And like the, the yeah. first action scene with Tahu, like wow, this is really badly done. Um, like so many things are just so, so stupid. So much of this movie makes absolutely no sense unless you are very deep in the lore to the point of which you will start to see the problems and the inconsistencies and what they do in this movie. Um, where like if you can appreciate it, it is below you, um, essentially, <laughs> which is like an awful balance to strike because a casual observer cannot enjoy this movie and mm -hmm. an observer who knows what's happening is disappointed by this movie. It's so, so weird. It like, fails on yeah. so many levels. But when I watched this, I watched it on YouTube because like, yes, where if the you hell Google, am I actually going to find uh, this thing? The Mask of all, Light all the Bionicle, movie, the first thing that pops up is a 1080p upload of it yeah. on YouTube. Yep. Shout out. All, all less. <laughs> I think all of the, all four Bionicle movies are just on YouTube. That does not but surprise like, me. I, I, I looked through the comments and everyone's like like oh my god like this is my childhood like this is so mm -hmm. nostalgic like oh man like I, I it's been so long since I've watched this movie and I kind of felt a little bit of like yeah wait a minute this is great and like I, I in that moment I realized like oh this is why I got bullied for this okay yeah no that's fair that's fair uh, like I gave him a lot of material to work with uh, but like it is so tropey and so dumb. But in several ways, this movie is such a pure expression of, like, very simple, like, baby mode Lord of the Rings that it's like, yeah, no, there's actually some good stuff here. It's a far worse reflection of better stories that exist. But, like, yeah, if I've never heard of a better story before, like, I'm going to think this is pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm going to have, like, a soft spot for this. And the theming is, like, it's not clever, but it's it's fun. And you know, I have that's to... all I really need as like a seven-year-old watching this thing. So yeah. I don't think this is good. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if you've never seen it before, unless you have someone like like Noir to be able to give you the full experience. <laughs> do but a watch-along like, to the movie with this, this and just pause the podcast every time that we <laughs> do a tangent. What, what you need to do is the only situation where I'd foresee anyone enjoying this movie is if they can watch it in the presence of of a Bionicle-like philosoph and and be able to get the full lore and backstory. Yes. Yes it is. Yeah. Because otherwise there's just so much weird and makes no sense. Yeah. But the ability to watch this movie and laugh at it in real time from a, a lore external perspective and a lore internal perspective is what makes this such a joy. Mm. Um which is I think the the best compliment and the <laughs> deepest criticism I can give it. Yeah, I, it's yeah. it's one of those movies where like I obviously I think I'm the only person here who did not watch this as a kid and so I don't have the 
rose-tinted glasses of nostalgia from which to draw any sort of like joy from it. So all of my enjoyment of this movie has come from getting to watch it and then have a friend tell me everything that they know and love about the franchise surrounding it. So I can't like I can't encourage listeners to go watch this movie in good faith because it is bad. It's a bad movie. <laughs> bad. And it's not really fun unless you are in the instance of a circumstance where you have a noir of your own to tell or... you how much they love it because then it becomes a fun experience. But again, that is not a reflection on the quality of the movie, which is just kind yeah. of kids media tie-in movie it's extremely yeah. disjointed for what it is it's hard to follow yeah. even as someone who is trying to note the plot specifically <laughs> it's so basic and yet so nonsensical yeah because like like broad it's like broad brush strokes you can kind of see what they're going for here but mm-hmm. you the moment you take any step closer everything falls apart yeah because yeah. like uh like i i assume like Sophia, not knowing anything about Bionicle lore, you got the main strokes of what they're trying to do. There's yeah. a guy who's avoiding his destiny, and then he meets his destiny. There's some cool mm-hmm. fights in there because we got to entertain the kiddos, and then it ends. Yeah, like that's that is that is it. It does baffle me that the writers sort of made that script and was like, yeah, we don't need to explain anything else about the actual world. It feels <laughs> like they had the plot they wanted to do in the script, right? They had like the structure. They're like, Takua gets Mask of Light. Learns to accept his destiny, becomes light man, fights darkness, movie ends, right? Those post-it notes were on the board. And then they had all these other post-it notes of, like, the deep lore and tie-ins and, like, references they could make. And they they cut some of them in post, but they didn't cut them in the script. So, like, <laughs> there are these moments that I'm like, this feels like you would have only said this line if it was meant to tie into something. But instead, it is just a weird little thing on its own that makes no sense or like this line feels like it's missing a previous scene and it feels like a lot got like lost in the edit almost it's it's interesting like I, the closest thing that i can equate the reason why this movie got made it's like it's like how animes put out like a season one and a season two mm-hmm. and then they're like for, we're not going to go into a season three we're actually going to tell some of the story in a movie like we're going to have more mm. we're going to have a bigger budget it's going to be cooler animation it's going to be in theaters that's kind of the same vibe there were three waves three stories that were again scattered in the comics novels um online games at the advent <laughs> yeah. of the computer uh, of the internet before this, you know uh, started we were really lamenting online. the last of flash games the core like, of the early 2000s childhood i was not able to play those games until like later on and i had to seek them out like in college in undergrad because the websites were so buggy because this was the early internet <laughs> That I could not play them. They were, it was, like, the games were so buggy that they would freeze and they would crash. And I, 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 would, I wouldn't understand it. it it's, it's such a weird way to distribute your, uh, distribute your, your lore and your story. Mm-hmm. And then they say, hey, guess what? We're going to make a movie out of it as if, you know, we've been able to consolidate all the previous stories before. And it's really only just the me's of the time that we're like, oh boy, yay. Yeah. <laughs> This movie yeah. was made for seven people, and two of them are on the call right now. <laughs> I will say that I think the second movie does a better job at telling an isolated story. I hmm. think um, they do more as, I don't know, Blue, you can agree or disagree with me. Um, it also does more as far as like more interesting world building, especially because yeah. you have this previous setting to mm-hmm. compare it to. Yeah, it, It's like, 
it, it you know to those who know the lore it's oh we get to see this sort of look into the past and how things were different back like similar but different and it's an interesting comparison um mm-hmm. but i also just think it's not a it's not a good story the second one i do think it, it is marginally better told well that um, sounds like a sequel hook if i've ever heard oh one boy. so we did lightly discuss uh potentially doing the sequel movie um, as a patron exclusive for a while. So if you're interested in that, please feel free to message me on Patreon and maybe I could convince Noir and Blue to come back on. Uh, but I think we have just about expounded the Bionicle well. So for the time being with those closing thoughts, thank you guys so much. Oh, Noir's got a finger up. <laughs> I just realized I forgot to get back to the rules of Coley. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so the rule the ruling is that you can have te- you can have I think up to like 9 or 11 teams but the number of players on your team cannot exceed the number of teams there are. That's the rule. Those are the rules. Oh so that's why God. they have that's why they have 3 teams and 2 people per team. They could have agreed to 3 people per team, but no, they agreed to 2. Oh. That's the rule. Anyway, that's it. That's baffling <laughs> and you again you could only learn this in an online game that was bu- so buggy you couldn't play it that was in a different language that you had to manually translate because again this was the advent of the internet what, yep. a, what a piece of early 2000s archaeology this podcast has turned out to be yeah but thank you noir and blue for joining me uh for bringing your bionicle knowledge to bear in this movie that i had no choice but to watch uh <laughs> I have not learned my lesson, and we will be doing probably more of this. Uh, but seriously, yeah. this, has been, this has been a blast. I've had a, I've had a great time. I hope your listeners have had, too. If they want to hear more from you guys uh, about Bionicle or maybe some other stuff, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess I could talk more about Bionicle on Rolling with Difficulty. That's really the only place I had where to, you can find me. And this me. is a real story, because this episode's going to come out after um, episode three. When I was editing episode three today, I had to cut out some Bionicle discussion from the audio. <laughs> you did? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Put that up Whoops. as a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, Noir and I are both on the podcast Rolling with Difficulty, which if you want to talk about. Yeah. I suppose you can. We we have a Discord that mm-hmm. came up uh, in the last couple months. Uh, you could try and message me there, and I'll, I I, I might talk about it if I'm available. But I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Overly Sarcastic Productions uh, on YouTube. Uh, this is pretty much YouTube. Um, I make history videos. <laughs> and how much of your content, on average, would you say is Bionicle related? None. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get those numbers That's up, the buddy. Fool's content <laughs> those right are there. rookie numbers. The Wait for the detailed diatribe on Bionicle lore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think because Red's seen Mask of Light too, because she's also, you know, she she's you know very much into voice acting and the and the thing that she lambastes relentlessly, lambasts. Lamb, lamb, we've had this discussion about how I mispronounce lambast <laughs> or lambast. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I think it's lambast, lambast. but I like lambast because it's like basting. <laughs> That's why I think it's that. That's why I think it. Um, but yeah, she lambasts the voice acting and she like takua any time that it's mentioned. So if you ever do a detailed diatribe, I imagine that's the first thing that I'm going to hear <laughs> coming out of uh, Red's mouth. Anyway, Great. But the uh, links to all of their uh, content and socials and whatnot is on the show notes below. Um, maybe I'll drop the link to the 1080p YouTube upload too. I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> if you decide you want to kill an hour of your day. Uh, 
I I have been trying to end episodes by making some oblique reference to the movie and pretending that I have to do some plot point from it. But genuinely, I could not tell you what was happening in this movie enough to make a joke based on it. So I don't know if a magical choosy mask of some kind it's, wants to come find me and take like me off. Home. You're, it's almost like you're implicitly ignoring your destiny for this movie. Yeah, that's not, that that's would... not very dutiful of you, Sophia. That's not very dutiful. You know, we gotta, you, you gotta, we gotta unionize. <laughs> <laughs> the uh... plot twist of Bionicle is that the proletariat's unionized. Workers oh, of Madamui unite. Uh, anyway, this has been Movies Joke. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with an episode in another two weeks. Uh, catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. I am going on a little vacation, and so we won't have a brand new episode coming at you on February 6th, but the Morbius Patreon exclusive will be going public on that date, so there will still be a Movie Struck upload, and normal uploads will resume on February 20th. Thank you all for bearing with me uh, as I <laughs> take a little bit of a week off. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and stuff that our guests, Noir and Blue, have worked on can be found in the show notes below. And I'd like to take a moment to give a special shout out to all of the patrons who joined us in December. It's because of you guys and all the other folks over on Patreon supporting the show that I'm able to keep the lights on, make this stuff, and learn so, so much about Bionicle, the Mask of Light. So thank you to Sarah Grace Houston. I'm going to get you Alex Monaco and Caliburn.